are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always wonderful host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. And there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we got Jason Burke of the Locked On A's podcast to give me some crap about the D-backs losing. We're recapping not just today's game, but yesterday's game as well. We talk about his AL West division a little bit, talk about the art of base stealing. So we talk about a whole bunch in this podcast. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you could get 15% off your next order. It's promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's jump into the conversation with Locked On A's host, Jason Burke. All right, D-backs fans, we got another crossover, and today we're with Locked On A's host, Jason Burke. He's here to talk some crap. Jason, how's it feeling right now to... Be on top of the world, I guess, or at least on top of the dirt because the D-backs are six feet below crap right now. So how does it feel to beat the Arizona Diamondbacks? Oh, man, it feels so good. What a win. The A's coming through in the clutch. I'm just, you said I had to talk crap. So now I am. (laughs) No, the the Diamondbacks looked good for parts, but I just couldn't seal it and keep the A's at bay, uh, which... Jed Lowry, he's he's been a beast lately, so you can't really blame the Diamondbacks on that front. He's been scalding the ball, so, uh, you know. Yeah, what's up with that guy, honestly? I feel like he's been around baseball for a pretty long time, but I feel like no one really wants to, like, commit to him long-term. He kind of – he's been with Oakland for a pretty long time, so I guess they're the team to commit to him, but he's never been, like, an outstanding player. I'm looking at his baseball reference now. 37 years old, so he is pretty old. He's been pretty productive throughout his career. So uh, how do you feel about Jed Lowry, honestly? Everywhere besides Oakland, he has been hurt most of the time. But with Oakland, I think he missed a decent amount, like 40 games, like one year. And every other year, he's been very healthy, which has been the big difference for him is just staying healthy because he's obviously very talented, as you guys saw on in Tuesday's game with that three-run homer. Um yeah, he's a talented, talented dude. He's known for hitting lots and lots of doubles with the A's. And uh, the way that he's driving the ball this year, he uh, when I was doing the series preview, uh, he was like fifth in average distance uh, for the ball for the ball to travel at like 229 feet, I believe. And Mike Trout, who's hitting dingers all the time, uh, was eight feet below him. So Jed Lowry is more consistently driving the ball than Mike Trout as of a couple of days ago. And that's something that you want to see as an A's fan means that he's seeing the ball. He's hitting the ball. And, uh, you know, he's the Jed Lowry that we remember after a couple of year hiatus. 
Yeah, on the D-backs podcast, we don't mention Mike Trout. That's a trigger word for us <laughs> over here. We don't. We immediately go into a whole tangent about Mookie Betts versus Mike Trout, so we don't even bring that name up anymore over here, uh, Jason. So don't even talk about Mike Trout. But let's talk about today's game because as a D-backs fan, I mean, Zach Gallon was back, the Gallon attack. Uh, he looked pretty solid on the mound. He did give up some hard contact. He was in some sticky situations against the A's. But overall, he only gave up one earned run, and he was striking out dudes, which is always pretty positive. His uh, fastball velocity looked pretty good. I think he was sitting in the around 93 to 94, according to StatCast. So I thought he looked pretty good out there on the mound. Again, got into some sticky situations, but was able to get out of it. Looks like he gave up one home run. I wasn't really able to watch this game too much. I had it on my phone while I was working, so don't tell my boss that. But <laughs> I, I was pretty happy with uh, Zach Gallon today. Uh, couldn't go deep. He was throwing a lot of pitches in today's game. But well, how do you feel about the the A's approach in the in the first few innings with Zach Allen on the mound. Zach, Zach Allen has faced the A's twice now the last two seasons. I believe he's gone 11 innings, given up two solo home runs, and that is it. Uh, he struck out eight dudes today. Uh, he is a really good pitcher, and I'm glad that I have him in fantasy. I hate facing or I hate seeing the A's going against him because I know that he's going to be tough. Uh, both of those runs that he's given up solo home runs last year, it was Robbie Grossman today. It was Steven Piscotty. Um, yeah, that, that's all they can do against him is home runs and the home runs played a big role for the A's overall, uh, on in Tuesday's game. So that was nice, but Zach Allen is a filthy monster. And, uh, I, I don't like seeing him against my team, but I like having him in fantasy baseball. Dude is great. And uh, I think that the A's, they did what they do. They knew that he was on a pitch limit. So they're like, Hey, if we can just get his pitch count up there a little bit, maybe we can get him out of this game, do something against the bullpen because we cannot hit this guy. And the A's are a patient team. And I think it paid off for him today. Yeah. And that's a smart move because the D backs never seem to get a complete game from their pitchers. You get a good, you know, four innings from Zach Gallon, and then the bullpen comes in and they give it up. Taylor Clark was a little shaky up there, but it was really Kevin Ginko with that three run bomb uh, given up to uh, a Jed Lowry. Like you mentioned, that really turned the tide because earlier in the game, the D backs got their own three run bomb from Carson Kelly, who is quietly might be the second best D backs player in this lineup right now. You can make the argument for him. He's been on fire start the season he, he looks like he's primed for a bounce back because he's one of those guys that really struggled in 2020 like pretty much everyone in this d-backs lineup and you know when you trade your franchise cornerstone player and paul goldschmidt and you get back a guy like carson kelly you want to see a return in that investment and he showed it in 2019 regressed mightily in 2020 but right now it looks like he might be back to the normal carson kelly in 2021 but you did mention fantasy and i do have an ace player on my fantasy team ramon loriano and so far i mean that man uh, you know i get extra points in my league for stealing bases and that dude has been on fire stealing the bag i know he was like hurt what, what was he hurt in at the end of 2019 or hurt of 2020 what what was it exactly? he gets hurt uh for some point each year uh last year he got the suspension for charging the entire astros dugout uh this year he missed a couple of games because he slid into first base jammed his thumb up a little bit but uh he's back he's stealing bases uh that's the effect of uh elvis andrews andrews has not done much at the plate or he's made a couple of nice defensive plays which are nice he's been hitting the ball hard but the results haven't been there but when 
you know, camp started, everybody was asking him, how do we steal bases? And Ramon Laureano is uh, apparently a base stealer now. And uh, the A's apparently steal bases, which is weird. So um, yeah, that's the Elvis Andrews effect right there. They've had Ricky Henderson in camp, but apparently Elvis Andrews better base stealer than Ricky Henderson uh, in today's game. So uh, it's been interesting to see Ramon Laureano going. I do have a question for you though. Um, and I know that this is only a two game series and you were just talking about Carson Kelly. Um, you know, he went against the lefty Luzardo and uh, Stephen Vogt, old friend Stephen Vogt, uh, got the start against Bassett, the righty. Um, is that a strict platoon or is Carson Kelly the main guy? And uh, they or, and, uh, you know, they just worked out that way this time. Jason and I will talk about base stealing being a lost art in the MLB. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code Locked On. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Baskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to that conversation with Locked On A's host Jason Burke. Uh, right now, to start this season, it's it's been pretty close to a strict platoon, honestly. You would expect Carson Kelly maybe as the season to go on to get more of those opportunities, but Stephen Vogt's been pretty solid, honestly, for this D-backs team. He's been crushing some home runs, so right now it's been more of a strict platoon. You'd be surprised how many times uh, Stephen Vogt would come into a game and replace Carson Kelly or vice versa to pinch hit, so right now it's more of a platoon than... Uh, Carson Kelly's job but uh, you know if the D-backs really go into a tailspin I mean we might see more Carson Kelly because there's not really a need to to give so much playing time to a guy like Stephen Vogt I mean he's uh, obviously over the hill he's like in his mid-30s so there's not really a future there with Carson Kelly and they also have one of the best catching prospects in baseball in Dalton Varsho waiting in the wings so if this season just gets out of control they could always do Carson Kelly and a Dalton Varsho platoon split and just kind of move Stephen Vogt to the side or maybe trade him because he has been a pretty uh, solid catcher to start the year and talking more a little bit about Loriano, I, I just feel like the stolen base in general has kind of been a forgotten skill honestly in baseball I think with advanced analytics they talk about how it's really not that efficient you know why give up outs on the base pass but you look at what Loriano's doing I mean he's creating runs for his team uh for the D-backs they got their own guy Timmy LaCastro who you know the longest streak to, to start a major league career 29 for 29 on his first 29 attempts so I think the stolen base is a, a lost start and I, I'm glad to see it coming back in baseball honestly he almost got picked off uh Ramon Loriano actually he technically did get picked off, but uh, yeah. the umpire called him safe. And since the D-backs had already used their review, uh, they, they couldn't challenge it at all. And that led to the insurance run. It didn't necessarily impact the game, but uh, yeah, 
it, it almost bit him in, in the butt for a second, but it ended up uh, adding an extra run for the A's to make it 7-5. And uh, Ramon Laureano's a really good baseball player when he's healthy and going well. So uh, I, I like seeing that out of him for sure. Well, in that game on Monday, he almost got picked off as well. But Bumgarner being the bad pitcher he is, he came and threw it over to third base. He just threw the ball away. And all of a sudden, Loriano's coming around third to score now. So uh, it, it was a tough series for the D-backs. And today's game, uh, we needed some more about uh, needed a little bit more out of the bullpen today. The offense was pretty good. Uh, pretty good today. They were able to put five runs on the board, which is pretty solid. The team only went two for nine with runners in scoring position. They've been awful this season, with runners in scoring position, but they've been able to produce some home runs. So uh, overall, I guess I'm kind of happy with the effort at least. But this was a game that was in their grasp, but they could have won that they just kind of let slip away, honestly. Well, you guys have had a couple of injuries in the bullpen, too. I know Chris Davinsky might not be a, a big piece of the bullpen, but he is a he's had a track record of being really good. So maybe there's something to unlock there. Joaquin Soria is also on the DL or uh, IL, uh, you know, another former A's great. So, uh, yeah, they, they've got a couple of key piece, pieces missing from the outside. I don't know. I don't know if they're if, uh, you know, uh, specifically Davinsky, if he is a big part in the that uh, bullpen, but uh, Soria could definitely help out in a game like uh, today's where they needed somebody to shut the door and nobody really did uh, as the, the game went on. Yeah, that's a great point because basically anyone who's been named a closer this year for the D-backs has gotten hurt. Tyler Clippard in spring training, he got shut down for six weeks with an injury. Then Soria was going to be the closer. He got hurt. And then Chris Davinsky, he actually was kind of important because after Soria got put on the IL, he got elevated to uh, the closer position, but he's not even hurt. He's on the restricted list which I'm not even entirely sure what that means he's out for personal reasons right now so I'm not entirely too sure honestly what's going on with Chris Davinsky but right now the D-backs don't have a closer and they don't really need one because they're not even getting the the chance to put a, a player in position to close out a game because they're always losing when it comes to the ninth inning so uh, a sad loss today by the D-backs but I guess we can move over to Monday's game unless you had any last thoughts on your on the game today not on today's game no i, I had a great time uh, once the seventh <laughs> inning finished i had a great great time yeah just just a one that got away that's all i can say <laughs> about today's game honestly i had a loss for yeah. words but monday's game i think i have a few more things to talk about because whenever mass and bumgarner is on the mound it's always a great time to talk honestly whether it's good or bad and it's never been good honestly he's literally never had a quality start for the d-backs in his d-backs career not one quality start it, it seems like he consistently gives up five earned runs or more that's basically what he did it was vintage mass and bumgarner on monday 4.2 innings pitch, six earned runs, three walks. Now, the, the one good thing that Madison Bumgarner surprisingly can do, even though he doesn't really have a fastball, is strikeout dudes. He had five strikeouts in less than five innings. He's been pretty good somehow, that department. But his lack of fastball velocity and just overall lack of velocity has killed him. He threw his cutter 45 times in that game on Monday, and it only averaged 84.5 miles per hour. And the batting average against that cutter, because he gave up six hits in nine plate appearances, 
uh, with that cutter on Monday. And it was just getting absolutely crushed by the Oakland A's average exit velocity of 93 miles per hour by the Oakland A's. So uh, how do you feel about your A's offense after seeing Madison Bumgarner on the mound? Because you, I know we were talking off the, the mic a little bit before, and we we're talking about how the A's going to this series, uh, you know, their bats weren't alive. And I said, Hey, just wait till you go against Madison Bumgarner on Monday. Those bats are going to wake up. And that's exactly what they did. The A's and started scoring a few runs in Houston and getting those two wins in Houston was big for their confidence. Uh, they were, what are they now? Uh, they were three and seven at that point. So now they're looking a lot better uh, getting closer to 500 and the bats coming alive is definitely something that they that needed to happen because they were only scoring one, two runs. I think they had scored five runs once in their first like six games. It was not the offensive output that we're used to seeing from the A's. They've been getting better starting pitching, which has been helpful. Uh, I, I know that Bassett struggled to get through five. He didn't have a lot of command, but he gutted his way through it without any command. Really? Uh, he walked five guys and he still gave them five innings and he's saving the bullpen. They're, they're not having to rely on the bullpen too much. And so there's been a few different things that are coming together, but I think that the better starting pitching has led to more offensive production and vice versa. So uh, they're, they're starting to hit not on all cylinders, but the cylinders are pumping a little bit at least. And uh, we'll, we'll see if they can continue it uh, when the A's play the Tigers this weekend. But uh, I'm hopeful right now at the very least Um how are you feeling about the Diamondbacks overall? I will give my answer about how I think the Diamondbacks are doing. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because Built Bar is back, more improved, and more delicious than ever before. They have 18 amazing flavors, but six new flavors. Caramel, brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're both soft and easy to chew. Now, the reason why I love Built Bar is because I'm a health-conscious guy. I try to go to the gym when I can, but Built Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar. That's low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, they reset their promo code for this relaunch. You can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. It's promo code LOCK15, you can get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Be a waiver wire winner with the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen. He uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's wrap up the pod. Uh, the Dimebacks, that's a great question, honestly. I feel like I feel like they're living up to my expectations. They're like just competitive enough in these games. They're going to win just enough games by the time August rolls around. And you're like, man, if they just get a little bit hot, they could possibly take a wild card spot. And then they're eventually just going to fizzle out, probably finish around 500 and just crush our hopes. Honestly, that's usually what the D-backs do. They like to be competitive just enough, keep their heads bobbing above water. But 
you know, never drown, never, never get out the pool either. They're just kind of <laughs> treading water and that's what they love to do. So I, I think they've kind of lived up to expectations of four and seven on the year. And honestly, I feel like there's a path for this D-backs team to be more competitive than what they are now. But the Madison Bumgarner thing is a real problem for this D-backs team because it's literally every five days you just know your your pitch is going to go out there and just blow the game for you. When you when you know that going into the game, not only hurts you know the pitcher's confidence because Madison Bumgarner knows he sucks. It's in the back of his mind. He knows he has the the demons right now because he's doing everything he can to 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 try to stop it. Honestly, he's doing the weird side pitching thing during spring training. He's trying to do some Johnny Cueto stuff. He's doing everything he can to break out of his struggles but he honestly can't and then as an offense that just puts so much pressure on the guys because they know if they don't go out there and score eight to ten runs they have no chance of competing in that game that's what it's been like this massive bumgarner experience and the saddest thing is this is only his second year uh, the say we're only in year two of a five-year deal for Madison Bumgarner, which was a backloaded contract. He's making 19 this year, then 23 annually over the next two years after that. So I'm praying we just give him a Bobby Bonilla contract, just buy him out. Let's pay him for the next 40 years. Honestly, I'm, I'm so down to do that. <laughs> uh, because of the way that the Diamondbacks roster is constructed, I, I do have one question for you. And uh, they have a, like Bumgarner, Cole Calhoun, uh, Azdrubal Cabrera, a lot of veteran guys on this team and in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Aside from like Carson Kelly and Cattell Marte, who are like the core players that Arizona's building around? Because right now is the best hope like third place in the NL West and maybe a playoff spot? Because um, they're not necessarily built long-term. So are they going to start trading guys away um yeah who, who are they building around right now yeah well number one number one number two zach gallon and Ketel Marte. both of those guys are young both of them around zach gallon's like 25 26 Ketel Marte is like 27 years old so both those guys are young josh rojas he was one of the best players in spring training he came over from that zach Ranky trade so he's a potential shortstop of the future has really struggled to start the year so we'll see and the d-backs have one of the best farm systems in baseball so we'll see if they do by the trade deadline, if they're out of it, start moving off these veterans because, as I mentioned before, Dalton Varsha, one of the best catching prospects. They had a guy, J.B. Braskakis, who actually lit up spring training, and it was a big surprise to see him be sent back down to the minors because a lot of people thought he was going to be a back-end bullpen guy, but major league service time, I don't I get into that. That's probably why he wasn't brought up. And so the D-backs have a few interesting guys waiting in the wings. They're, they're pretty deep in the outfield when it comes to prospects. So there's a lot of young talent on this team. You just don't see a lot of it on the major league level right now, because as you said, it's a lot of veterans and the D-backs don't want to spend any money too. So they're going to go out there and sign the Drupal Cabreras, sign the Joaquin Sorias who are in their mid thirties, but only going to cost $5 million or less, honestly, because they only spent a total, get this Jason, of eight and a half million dollars in the offseason that they might as well sign billy bean honestly if they're going to do the money ball strategy like that um so if the diamondbacks are selling off guys i know that tell Marte, great player but he would bring a great return because he's only making eight million next year i believe and then 10 million the year after that and i believe that one of those is a team option is there any chance that he would also be on the market? Because you could definitely whet the A's appetite with a Steven vote the way that uh, Armas Garcia is now playing. Uh, you know, give the A's a, a veteran lefty bat in the lineup behind the dish to platoon with uh, Sean Murphy. Be a nice addition, but I'd really like to tell Marte if he's up for grabs. Is, is he at all on the market? 
I don't know if he's on the market. I haven't heard anything, but you never know with this D-backs team because as we get closer to his free agency, the D-backs have shown a non-willingness to pay their players, specifically their stars. Maybe Paul Goldschmidt was a little bit too old for them, but if Ketel Marte is 29 years old, are they going to want to commit uh, You know, close to a 10-year deal to him? I don't know the answer to that question. It better be hell yeah because uh, you see Francisco Lindor, mm-hmm. uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., all these guys are getting locked up. Ketel Marte was arguably the best player in baseball before he got hurt this year like that's not a hyperbole he was playing some of the best baseball of his career his numbers were phenomenal before he got hurt and it's only going to be possibly a 10-day injury we'll see it's a hammy so that thing can always linger but the dude's a real stud in the middle of the lineup he can't do it all by himself this is baseball of course Uh, I don't want to bring up the trigger word again but we've seen that guy out there (laughs) in Los Angeles you know be one of the best in baseball and it doesn't mean anything for their team so you got to build around this guy Kit. Marte and if the D-backs are sellers at the deadline maybe they look to move a guy like Eduardo Escobar he might be able to bring some real value back honestly he struggled big time in 2020 but he just came off a, a four home run four home run game hitting streak I don't know how to phrase that properly he yeah, had home four run home runs straight yeah, I had a home run yeah. in four straight. I tried to make it sound fancy, but that just ended up sounding pretty stupid, honestly. So he might be the guy that that brings back the most value if they decided to be uh, sellers at this deadline. And hey, if you really want someone in your rotation, we're more than willing to give up Mass and Bumgarner if we're willing to eat the whole contract. Would you take Mass and Bumgarner? The D-back said they'll eat his entire contract. If he was free? Free. Oh boy. Uh... I just don't want to see him. I'm going to say no only because of the results. But if he's free, then you can tinker with him and, you know, maybe gets if they're in the wild card game or something like that, maybe there's something there. I think no, but for free. Yeah. I mean, would we have to give you anything? We don't want anything. Just take him. <laughs> Just take him off our hands. We don't want Just to get him with, off the roster. Because <laughs> as long as he's on the roster, we have to keep pitching him. And I doubt the D-backs. I mean, maybe they'll finally have a self-reflection and look within themselves and say, hey, maybe we have to move this guy to the bullpen. Because they saw one star from Caleb Smith, and they're like, man, we can't have Caleb Smith and Madison Bumgarner both in our rotation. So let's move this guy to the bullpen. And let's see what he can do. And the D-backs don't have a lot of lefties in the bullpen. So uh, once they added Caleb Smith, that was a only the second lefty in the bullpen. So go throw Bumgarner in there too. Then you can okay. have three lefties in the bullpen. And then look at that. All of a sudden you got a pretty deep lefty <laughs> bullpen and uh, actual uh, competent rotation as well. Because the D-backs rotation isn't too bad with a Zach Gallen. Taylor mm-hmm. Widener has been pretty solid. Riley Smith made his uh, major league starting debut this week as well. And he was pretty good. So the D-backs have a path to be semi-relevant with their rotation. Luke Weaver looks like he could be back to 2019 form. So there's three or four solid starters with a true Cy Young candidate and Zach Allen. So there's potential for this rotation to be good. You just, it just will never get over the hump. As long as you know, every fifth day, I'm going to get a, have a starter on the mound. That's going to give up five earned runs and three home runs. That's it for this edition of the locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow. I don't know what we'll talk about yet tomorrow, but I, I'm guessing it's going to be a fun topic. Just talk about the D-back season in general, talk about who's hot, who's hot, who's hot, who's not right now. Probably talk about Carson Kelly and start to the season because the D-backs don't play tomorrow. So we'll get a little funky on tomorrow's pod. And I'll probably play part two of this conversation with Jason. I didn't get a chance to play all of it. So come back tomorrow. 
Best Dimebacks news, coverage, and insight. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account at LockedOnDimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Deuces!